of transcendent knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas, at that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination. And at the same time, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way, Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics, there is no birth, no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, dharmas, no eye, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, no mind, consciousness, datu, ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear, they transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times, means of Prajnaparamita, fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasamgate Bodhisoha. Thus Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, she trained the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One is in that Samadhi and praise Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. Oh, <coughs> <coughs>
The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas, high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. <laughs> Jesus, 
Okay. So tonight we'll be going over the uh, uh, prologue, because uh, um, that is in English. Um, we just made an executive decision uh, to begin with the uh, prologue of the uh, great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. So you'll find that on page 33 in English. Um, and it's where all of the um, uh, homages are, uh, and it's the beginning prayer, basically, of the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. So we will uh, use that uh, kind of as a basis, but we'll include all of the introductory material. Yes? Oh, okay. Uh, this is the book that I'm speaking of. Um, anybody after class who's uh, interested in what that, that is, uh, feel free to ask. Yeah, the dong numping nundu dundu. Yamdu. Chuju. Ah, so Rimache is saying that we have uh, these crackers. If anyone would like like some, uh, please uh, somebody will hand them out, I guess. Tom Dixon. That's how you say that, right? Prologue? Mm -hmm. Just want to make sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we've been going over various topics um, from uh, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. And it seems as though we've been uh, addressing the latter subjects first. Um, we've been going in this order where we've gone over the great, uh, um, great scope and the great vehicle teachings were, uh, and given the introduction to the Mahayana mind generation or the mind that aspires to enlightenment, bodhicitta. Um, so we uh, went over uh, that topic for a year or so, and uh, now uh, um, we're going over on Sundays 
um, the topic of the Four Noble Truths, and these are the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, um, and uh, those uh, subjects include the Four Noble Truths, and then the more expansive look at them in the Twelve Links of Dependent Origination. So, uh, the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity uh, uh, refer to uh, those teachings um, that we've been going over um, lately. So, before the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, you find the teachings for beings, uh, the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity. Um, so, uh, if we're working backwards, um, uh, then now we've arrived at, 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 at that, uh, at, that uh, at those teachings. So the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity uh, refer to those te the teachings of refuge, um, uh, abandonment, the ethics, which is an abandonment um, of the ten non-virtuous activities, and acknowledgement of one's downfalls or purification. So these subjects fall into the category of teachings uh, shared in common with beings of small capacity. So I think that now we've been going over the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity and going over the Four Noble Truths and we're almost at the end, actually, of the section uh, that deals with the Four Noble Truths. We're, um, so I think that it would be best if we go right to the beginning of the book, even in those classes, um, from now on. So, uh, and then after we go to the beginning and go over the teachings uh, shared in common with beings of small capacity, um, then we can maybe address some of the latter subjects, uh, such as the uh, calm abiding and the special insight or wisdom section of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment uh, later on, if, if time allows us, uh, Rinpoche said. So, um, right now, at the very beginning of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, you'll find the prologue, um, uh, um, which is the uh, expression of, of worship or the ex uh, expression of offering. Um, you'll find the prologue, um, and uh, today we're going to begin with that. It said, uh, oh, uh, and previously we actually uh, went through the introductory sections of the Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment with a, many, many years ago uh, with another translator named Roy, uh, and we never got further, but we actually went over the first parts with him. 
and he lives he lives very far away and his time became less and less so he, he we weren't able uh, to uh, um, go on uh, because he lived so far away and because of time Roy is a great scholar Mm. He understands Chinese uh, and English. And as well as having a, fir, uh, uh, an excellent understanding of uh, Tibetan Buddhism. And even now he's practicing or, or he's learning the Sanskrit language. Currently he's learning Sanskrit. Initially, when I first got to the Chen Rezig Tibetan Buddhist Center, uh, there was no translator whatsoever. Uh, there was no way to communicate. So Roy was uh, um, very helpful um, in those beginning times um, and very helpful to the center in those beginning times. And then in 2000 or so, uh, uh, Geshe Lopsang Gompo uh, arrived here. And at that time, uh, Geshe La, uh, everyone uh, lived in this, when I say everyone, uh, every, I'm, uh, at that time everyone lived in the center. And I lived in, uh, uh, I'm going to speak in a different person, so it makes Rinpoche lived in that room, and Geshe Lopsangompo lived in the room which is now the business office. And then I slept over there, actually, uh, on the floor. My, my, I did, uh, slept over there at the time. Um, and then when Roy would come, he, there was not anywhere for him to stay, and he'd sleep in the hallways sometimes. When we first got started, Rimchi's given a slight history of the center. And for those who, who do, translators know, those who don't know, Geshe Lopsang Gompo was one of our teachers who has passed recently away, um, but he lived here for a period of time. Uh, Geshe Lops, uh, Geshe La um, passed away, Rimchi said. And now Roy is in India. So we weren't able to go further, so I think it's okay for us to go back and do it again uh, from the beginning. So, uh, even though the Dalai Lama uh, has given many teachings on this great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, um, and many other teachers as well have given, uh, have given and give excellent teachings on this, if we can in any way whatsoever take a look at this text, it will be beneficial for us to do so. What that gentleman is about to do yeah, so, uh, 118. 118. Uh, so, uh, Lama Kappa has uh, 18 volumes of work that can be found. Uh, and, I would, and mostly, uh, you would find the tantric <coughs> teachings in, uh, a greater amount of tantric teachings in those volumes. 
So within the category of the Lama <coughs> or the teachings on the stages of the path, Lamrim in English means stages of the path. Rim is stages, Lam path. So uh, in the category of the stages of the path teachings, uh, we'll find various um, uh, um, uh, sizes of work. Uh, we find the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment, which is the largest um, text in that category. And then what we have what's called the medium stages of the path to enlightenment, the Lamrim Din. And that text is uh, um, uh, and, uh, the, the Lamrim Chemo Shugu Gatsudu Dunja. So in the Tibetan, um, I'm just I'm, in the English there are three volumes. There's 800 pages in the uh, Tibetan great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. Um, in the medium stage uh, treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment, there are around 200 pages. Um, and then there's another text called the abbreviated uh, stages of the path to enlightenment called the Lamrim uh, Dudun, and that is uh, several pages. Um, and then there's the um, foundation of all good qualities, or the source of all my good, that is um, uh, uh, several stanzas long, and that would go into a category with uh, of abbreviated Lamrims, and, and also included in there would be the three principles of the path by Lama Tsongkhapa. Um, so these are the more abbreviated Lamrims that are uh, um, a number of, you know, some 14 stanzas uh, as opposed to pages. Um, um, whereas the abbreviated stages of the path is a few pages long. Uh, and all of, all of these except the video uh, stages of the path are, you can find actually in English. Every one of these texts, except the 200 page one mentioned, is, they are all in English. <laughs> At the root of uh, the root text for the great treatise <coughs> of the path to enlightenment, though, is Atisha's text, which is called the lamp for the path to enlightenment. So Atisha's text is the root text for this. <coughs> the root? This is is the, is at the root of this text. What the Lord knew you did here, Mother? The Lord so even though uh, this this particular text looks like a very small uh, Lam Rim text in, in, in terms of size, uh, 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 referring to the lamp, um, all of the stages of the path of Sutra and Tantra uh, from beginning to end within it. So, uh, if, uh, so Lord Atisha um, was from India, but had he stayed in India, um, uh, because at the time there were many, many great scholars writing many great books, um, he wouldn't have been as much benefit as he was 
to the Tibetans. Um, so he, by going to Tibet, um, uh, he was able to write uh, um, these very abbreviated texts which contained all of the information because the Tibetans had a much uh, poorer knowledge um, um, and, and less resources for knowledge um, than India did at that time. So Atisha was able to be of great benefit and to condense all of the stages into the path um, into text for Tibetans. So, because various kings, uh, such as uh, the emanation of Manjushri, Trishan Detson, and the emanation of Chen Rezik, Sunsen Gampo, uh, were a part of the history of Tibet, um, they were able to um, um, send uh, Tibetans to uh, India to translate works into Tibetan um, and to create a basis for Tibetan works. Um, and then also to uh, call scholars in, uh, such as Padma, uh, um, such as Lopaninye, Padmasambhava, and Shandarashita, um, and uh, Shandarashita, Lopaninye, Dang. So, and then uh, um, Shandarashita came and, and started an actual monastic um, uh, order there and uh, um, ordained Drapadun Jason that ordained seven new um, uh, monks. Um, at the time, Shandarashita was, was called from India to come and he started monasteries and, and also brought Indian works um, and, and ordained seven new monks. Then, 
So during this, okay, so during this time, because there was a, um, uh, Buddhism was being formed um, in the area, uh, because seven um, monks had been ordained, local deities, local spirits began to become angry actually and caused problems for, or caused pro became angry and caused problems. All kinds of earthquakes and hail and uh, wa wa flooding uh, problems started to occur. So then a lot of Tibetans thought uh, Shandarashita is not a very good person. Look what's happened. So then he said this, he's, he's a bad person actually. So then Shandarashita said uh, um, uh, to the king that I, I'm not able to ward off these spirits for Padma Sambhala um, as someone who could do this, Lopun Pema Yunye. Um, so uh, Padma Sambhava has the power to get rid of these spirits. Um, so Shandarashita uh, told the king that they needed to uh, call upon him. The Tandazu, Okay, so any at that time, um, anytime they would try to construct a temple at night, it would be destroyed. So uh, the local deities were uh, destroying the temples um, every every time at night. Okay, so then Padmasambhava actually came and through his mystical powers actually were able to convert these harmful deities into helpful spirits and they um, uh, would then now do the uh, the chipa the the send the hla chipa I just want to see if it's the exact size. Is it doubling exactly? Okay, so um, there isn't an exact. Uh, uh, it, the local deities then became helpers and uh, at night would then also aid in the construction of, the, of these temples instead of tearing them down. Data Lasar. Uh, the, the lines. Mm -hmm. Then 
So the, the, there were many mystical powers that were spoken of um, about Padmasambhava, that he was able to fly through the air um, and, and able to uh, um, burrow through the ground um, and do all of these magical, mystical things. And there's one thing I'm sorry I'm not clear on, uh, something about the dividing lines of the monastery. Um, and I'm, I'm just not clear on the translation, but um, uh, the dividing lines of the monastery. The, the Tamche Lausung Yene Chik Sapuyomari, the the Kamba 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 Sabazu Sabazu Kamba Zukin Kibajuro. Architect. What the Tija the measurements. What the Roman Agadin dramatic job. Oh so so the So the Lopun Tama Yunye Nagalbina and the Tamayoro. Okay, so called the Kamba Okay, so it's Rimache is saying when one builds a building, you need an architect who divides all the lines up. And in some way, Padmasambhava um, uh, magically flew in the air and created these lines that uh, where the uh, monastery would need to be, like an architect would. Um, so then uh, at the, the, um, the, this monastery was, um, the great scholars of Nalanda all came to this monastery, so, uh, Shanda Rashita and then later Kamalashila also. What the Nalenta done, Kasure? Sai the Kalaji numbers, Kalaji Marbe. And the Kalaji Sadu Zuimores. The the Sai, the Sai, the exact name of the monastery. Sai monastery became uh, a, a great learn. This monastery that we're talking about became a great learning institution. What the Jonda Rajitanga done, then all. So in this great monastery, um, if we look now at the major monasteries, um, we find in, in Drepung there's Gomong and Losaling. Um, in, uh, in this monastery, uh, there were beginning to become divisions inside, and one division that started to take place um, was from the followers of the uh, what was called the Chinese abbot Hashan. Um, uh, so uh, part of 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 this area um, uh, of this monastic area uh, was being taken over or, 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 or by the Hashan followers. Translator. 
So there was a main office or that was in charge of the the transmission. There was an office that was at this time in charge of the transmission of the 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 teachings from the Indian texts to the Tibetan text, and almost like an. And, uh, to make it clear, an agency overseeing this process uh, at the time uh, to make sure, and and and, and the Rinpoche has the, uh, the Tibetan Draje. Drajus and the Draje Drajke Juru Drajus Tibaro. So uh, the translation uh, Ling, the yeah, it's the the Office of Translation or something like oh, that. The, the, the uh, <laughs> office of Translation. So there, at this time, there was like an agency or an office of, of Dharma or translation that would, you know, was overseeing this process going on because there was no uh, Dharma, so it was being brought into Tibet at that time. And then there was a, a, another uh, uh, monastery that was devoted to the tantric practices as well. So this uh, was given to the Tibetans by Shandarashitan, just something from before. Um, when we're, then the the texts began. The texts were being translated. Were being translated. The 108 volumes, the the Kanjur, the spoken words of the Buddha, and the Tanjur, the the uh, um, commentaries on by the Indian pandits on the spoken words of the Buddha. So all of these were being brought into uh, the Tibetan tradition, but Shandarashita really is the one that, that began this process of bringing that lineage of teachings to the Tibetans. Mm. So the Tibetans were trying to... So if we look at where all of this intense learning in the Tibetan tradition came from, we'll find that they patterned their tradition of learning after the Nalanda scholars, that the Indian Pandit's way of learning and way of analysis is the way that the, the, these traditions, and now even the Bon tradition, uh, is uh, looking at um, um, philosophy. So the Nyingma, the Kaju, Sakya, and Galuk orders within Tibetan Buddhism all modeled their style of learning and analysis after the Nalanda scholars in India, the, the pandits of India. So, uh, as, and as the times went on, 
so traditions uh, changed, beginning with, uh, not changed, but the, the, there became more traditions, beginning with the Nyingma tradition. Uh, so then, Dron Tompa, Dron Tompa, the Atisha Gigitru, Pula. So then, uh, while uh, Atisha. Um, later went to Tibet and then found uh, uh, his root disciple in Tibet, Dron Tompa, uh, who translators know uh, was a lay person. Just a, this is later on in history, and when Atisha went from India to Tibet um, and then uh, found his root disciple, Dron Tompa. What does it so later on, there's a lot of stories of this, uh, um, uh, the Atisha story. You'll find in this text later in the English, there's a, it's even called the chapter Atisha. So the stories of all of, of how that happened are, are in this book later on. So, Dron Tompa is said, uh, is quoted as saying that the Atisha's um, uh, um, teachings on the, the beings of three capacities is like a golden rosary um, um, that en encompasses all, that encompasses all. What the Landrangi Lanji Rimba de Golugimala number is, Timonova, tell the Mosa Chibosun is a Chibu Chumu Lanji Rimba, Dingu Lanji Rimba, Chibu Chimbi Lanji Rimba, Chima Gi del Kaji, then the Sun Tag in the Wood and Dabodis. You did Chibosun Zebashis, Chibosun Zebashi, and I did Lanji Rimba, Sig Timon number is. Then the Sergi Chewa, then the Jipo Chumadan, Tumalanji Rimba, Jipo Jindan, Tumalanji Rimba, Sergi Chewa, Jen, Jens, the Kajin So the, the stages of the path. Uh, um, to enlightenment are like a golden rosary, um, and then the the, the uh, teachings for beings of small shared in common with beings of small capacity, and the teachings of shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and the teachings shared in common uh, with uh, beings of great capacity. Uh, I'm sorry, the teachings for beings of great capacity are like the uh, special ornaments on that golden rosary. Um, so, our, uh, and Rinpoche said that sometimes you might have an, uh, a mala that has special colored beads. It's like the special uh, ornaments on that golden rosary. The, the, the stages of the path are the golden rosary and the ornaments are those categories. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
So in uh, um, um, Buddhism, we'll find that there are uh, many, many different teachings. There are uh, teachings of Hinayana, Mahayana, Sutrayana, Tantrayana. There are many different uh, um, types of teachings, but we find that all of the teachings are contained within uh, the lamp for the path to enlightenment. So the, um, the lamp for the path to enlightenment is compared to the ocean um, that all of the mountains, uh, all of the snow uh, from the mountains and all the waters that run down from the mountains runs into and uh, um, all of the mountains are the, the, the teachings of uh, are uh, compared to the teachings of Buddhism uh, the Hinayana and the Mahayana that all of those mountains all the the snow and all the water eventually runs into the ocean um, and that ocean um, here uh, is the lamp for the path to enlightenment so the, that's uh, why it is said that uh, that uh, that's why it is said that the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment is really a commentary on the lamp for the path uh, to enlightenment. So we gave a teaching on the uh, uh, lamp for the path to enlightenment that again another text which is only a few pages long uh, for over a year. What did you uh, so now, uh, um, because of uh, Ted's work and others' work um, at the center, we have uh, all of these um, teachings on uh, archived um, on on tape. They're all archived. Uh, and Ted has been very helpful in that process. <laughs> Uh, so, I think we should begin um, at the beginning of the prologue of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. And uh, there's no reason to rush it. Um, if I don't die, we'll finish. <laughs> <laughs> so we've already gone, though, over uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. And we have already gone over the teachings for beings of medium capacity. So the um, first uh, part of the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment is called the prologue. And it's called the expression of offering sometimes, or expression of worship. Um, uh, so we find that um, on page, I just want to tell you what page in the English, page 33 in the English. The expression of worship. Uh, 
所以说说那些不是很多人是吗？对吧？所以说说说呢，啊，你说那个这不是嘞？对外用过的是，啊，你不晓得呀，就是要要不他心不要不用过的是，我等那个钱多的是，这当然他把土币钱，这把就过来，
uh, to uh, Manjushri. So we find a prostration uh, made to Guru Manjushri or a homage made to Manjushri. And just to translators note what I previously said, uh, a previously um, um, accumulated merit could mean in previous lives also. So I just want to make sure we're clear from a translation perspective on the range of time that we're talking about uh, relative to cause and effect. Mm. So uh, if you break down uh, the words in the Tibetan, uh, here we have namo uh, in, in the uh, the, the Tibetan text, it's, they actually have a Sanskrit word that says namo, which is homage. Um, it says in the English, homage to Guru Manju Gosha. And this basically means uh, prostration. I prostrate to the teacher. Guru here is a Sanskrit word that means teacher. So I, I prostrate to the teacher Manjushri. So Manju Gosha means Manjushri. So I prostrate to the teacher Manjushri. So during uh, the time that uh, Lama Tsongkhapa wrote the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment, he had a teacher-student relationship with Manjushri. He was actually taught uh, sections by Manjushri. The same uh, as if uh, the same kind of relationship that we have, a uh, teacher-student relationship. And this is why uh, these texts are so uh, solid and so uh, um, um, yeah, just so solid, so uh, put together, so solid. <coughs> So now it says, I bow my head to the chief of the Shachas, whose body is by ten million perfect virtues, whose speech fulfills the hopes of limitless beings, whose mind sees precisely all objects of knowledge. Here, uh, the head of the Shakyas, or head, I bow my head to the chief of the Shakyas, is referring to Buddha Shakyamuni. Uh, he is the head of the Shakya clan that uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is referring to uh, when he says, I bow my head to. He's referring to Buddha Shakyamuni, who's uh, shown in uh, this tanka here at the, in the middle, I'm pointing to. Okay. So here it says, uh, whose body was formed by ten million perfect virtues, whose uh, 
So uh, when it's uh, speaking, and then whose speech fulfills the hope of limitless beings, whose mind sees precisely all objects of knowledge. Uh, the body that was formed by 10 million virtues, here the body, uh, we can, when we talk of the body of a Buddha, there are 112 marks of a Buddha, uh, specific marks that a Buddha has. There are 80, 32 major marks and 80 minor marks. Um, and what this body that has all of these um, um, miraculous um, uh, qualities was formed by 10 million perfect virtues. So it means that Buddha Shakyamuni's had to engage in, here it says 10 million perfect virtues, but what it's referring to there is the story of Buddha Shakyamuni first achieving the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, achieving the realization of bodhicitta, and then engaging in the collection of merit for three countless eons. Um, so engaging uh, for three countless eons in method and wisdom in order to be able to have achieved this body that has the 80 uh, minor and 32 major marks. So uh, um, this is what is meant by 10 million perfect virtues. Uh, it's referring to the massive amounts of virtue that Buddha had to engage in to achieve the, the realization of his or her body, in this case his, um, but uh, Buddha can be his or her, so in this case his body, because we're referring to a historical figure, Buddha Shakyamuni. ジェ、ジェ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、デンバ、
So in dependence upon the four, the two truths, ultimate and conventional truth, so ultimate truth uh, is referring to the lack of true establishment of an object and conventional truth referring to the natural abiding conventional use or, uh, or uh, uh, the conventional use of the object. Um, and and in dependence upon the, the two paths of um, uh, method and wisdom, uh, the two bodies are produced. So, um, and, and what this basically means, the two bodies is referring to the um, form body and the truth body of the Buddha. Um, uh, the um, chuku, um, uh, the, the dharma, um, I'm trying to think, the dharmakaya, the dharmakaya um, and the robokaya. Uh, so, the ultimate or truth body um, and the form body. The Dharmakaya is the truth body, Robakaya is the form body. So, in dependence upon the two truths and then the two paths of method and wisdom, um, one uh, generates uh, um, the various, so one generates various accumulations that lead up to these results, uh, the results of the two different bodies. So, in dependence upon method, one uh, um, uh, collects the necessary collection of merit um, uh, that uh, one needs to in order to produce one of the bodies of the Buddha. And then, uh, through dependence upon uh, wisdom, one uh, collects the collection of wisdom that's necessary uh, to produce one of the bodies of the Buddha. So, in dependence upon the collection of wisdom, the Dharma the truth body is created, the dharmakaya, um, and in dependence upon the collection of, of merit, uh, the robokaya is formed, or the uh, form body. Um, so the, the, the two truths are conventional and ultimate truth. The two paths are method and wisdom. Method, uh, uh, the collection of merit falls under method, the collection of wisdom uh, falls under uh, wisdom. It's also actually called the collection of exalted wisdom. Falls under the category of, of wisdom, and then those collections create the two bodies of the Buddha, the, the truth body and the form body. So I just want to make sure it's clear. Mm-hmm. So the next line says, whose speech fulfills the hopes of limitless beings. Here it's a little bit difficult, um, uh, and I'll explain it. Speech in Tibetan, there's two different words for the speech of an ordinary being and speech of a holy being, uh, or a Buddha's speech, or pure speech and impure speech. There's two different words. In English, we have speech. 
so I have to kind of explain this speech here is referring to the uh, pure speech uh, that a Buddha has. Um, so, whose speech fulfills the hopes of limitless beings, whose is referring to a Buddha, and a Buddha's speech is different than an ordinary being's speech. Now, this his, his or her speech has the ability to fulfill the hopes of limitless beings because uh, it is stated that if Buddha is asked a thousand questions in a thousand different language, uh, he or she is able to utter one word and it will answer all of the questions in the languages of the thousand questioners or people who are asking the questions. So the Buddha's speech is unlike ours in that uh, a single word response can answer uh, the questions of a thousand different beings simultaneously. So this is why it says which, whose speech fulfills the hopes of limitless beings um, because of, of that quality that <coughs> speech has and uh, uh, ultimate ability to communicate, the ultimate ability to communicate. So, whose speech fulfills the hopes of limitless beings. Here, also, uh, uh, the Buddha gave many, many different types of teachings to many scopes of, of listeners, or many... Uh, 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 he taught to... Uh, various, uh, yeah, uh, taught to various different scopes of individuals. He taught to the scope of the hearers, and then to the scope of the solitary realizers, and then the bodhisattva practitioners, or the Mahayana practitioners, um, and then also um, how to be able to be reborn uh, in the humans, or God's realms, uh, were, were also explained. So, um, limitless beings means that the Buddha speech is able to, um, because of the qualities and because of all of the different kinds of teachings that were given, uh, literal, literal and figurative, uh, fulfill the needs of, of all of those beings. Um, that's it. Uh-huh. <coughs> So then it says, whose mind sees precisely all objects of knowledge. The Buddha is able to um, uh, direct, uh, through direct um, valid cognition or direct prime cognition, apprehend all objects of knowledge. Um, so uh, the Buddha's mind um, has this ability to uh, directly um, 
simultaneously directly apprehend uh, all <coughs> objects of knowledge with direct valid cognition, it's called. Um, uh, so then here, uh, we're, 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 um, if, if we look at this stanza and, and we summarize it, we are bowing down to the Buddha, but then looking at it more specifically at the Buddha's pure body, the Buddha's pure speech, and the Buddha's pure mind, um, uh, and making prostration to, uh, uh, to him, in this case. Uh, so, if we look at it, it backwards, uh, the way that it's written, we would be looking at the paying homage to the, the body, speech, and mind of a pure Buddha, in this case, the one who is the head of the Shakya clan, Buddha Shakyamuni. Uh -huh. Tabajin to give an example of the excellent qualities <coughs> to give an example of the excellent qualities um, of the Buddha's mind um, and his ability to precisely know all objects of knowledge um, uh, um, the Buddha uh, to give an example of the quality of omniscience um, uh, there is a story um, uh, during the time of Buddha where Shariputra, who was a disciple of Buddha, <coughs> a, a, um, a foe destroyer of the hearer vehicle, um, uh, already had already realized um, that level, uh, um, uh, had already uh, achieved that level of realization um, uh, at the time of this story. Um, and he was approached by an old man um, who had asked him if he could be ordained. Um, he was 80 years old. Um, and uh, he said, I've decided that at this stage in my life I would like to become ordained. Um, and he asked Shariputra. And Shariputra said to him that uh, there was no way um, uh, that he could ordain him and that uh, he, you know, used his mind abilities to see if it was the right thing to do. Um, and uh, it, he decided that it wasn't. And it, uh, the man didn't have enough virtue uh, within him, and he was too old to really uh, become ordained. Uh, so the old man became uh, quite uh, 
quite saddened and uh, depressed and took a walk down to the river and made the decision that he was going to drown himself. Um, he was going to take his own life because he didn't see any reason to go on um, uh, because his mind was set on becoming ordained and he felt this was really the right thing for him to do. Um, so he became so saddened that a, a faux destroyer had answered him in this way and said that he felt there was no hope. Um, and right before he was going to harm himself, Buddha arrived uh, and showed up there. Um, and Buddha was able, because of his direct perception, or direct prime valid cognition, to know that this was happening. Um, and he arrived right at the moment that the man was going to take his life. And he asked him, why are you, uh, why are you doing this? What's wrong? Why are you depressed? Why are you thinking of, of harming yourself? Um, and the man told the story of Shariputra, um, uh, telling him that he didn't have enough virtue um, and that he, he couldn't be ordained. Um, and Buddha said that this is nonsense. Uh, I will ordain you and that there are, is absolutely um, enough virtue there and a need for you to become ordained. Uh, he says that Shariputra is a, hear, a practitioner of the hearer vehicle and uh, um, his direct perception is not as strong as mine uh, because he's not omniscient and I am uh, I'm able to see many 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 lifetimes ago uh, when you were actually in the form of a pig you chased a dog around a stupa and circumambulated it and that one virtue connected with others is the one that uh, makes this ordination necessary and worthwhile and that is why I'm ordaining you. So the, the point of the story is that uh, Shariputra who had already achieved the state of faux destroyer um, but in the lesser vehicle, the hearer vehicle, um, didn't have the same kind of mental abilities that a Buddha does. So here it's just another uh, um, um, excellent quality, um, uh, another example of the excellent qualities of the Buddha's mind um, and uh, um, the differentiation between uh, um, uh, one who's reached nirvana or a faux destroyer um, in the lesser vehicle and one who has in the great vehicle and achieve, who has achieved Buddhahood. Um, these are two different realizations. So then, uh, this man uh, was ordained by Lord Buddha uh, and then uh, went into contemplation um, and was actually achieved the state himself of faux destroyer um, in those robes Buddha ordained him in uh, as a monk, as a fully ordained monk. So it doesn't matter how old one is. If we study the Buddha's Dharma, then we're able to achieve the results of it. So we even have stories of those who engaged in great amounts of misdeeds in that lifetime and began to practice the teachings or, and change their lives and actually achieve the state of faux destroyer themselves. Uh, we find in the uh, Arya Nagarjuna's letter to a friend the example of Angumala who killed many uh, and was able to uh, um, uh, uh, achieve uh, faux destroyer.
And then if, say, if delusion um, or ignorance is a major problem, uh, we even have the story of uh, um, the, the superior of the small road, Chudapantaka, who uh, uh, was so ignorant he could only sweep. And in that lifetime, uh, he was able to achieve the state of foe destroyer. He began that ignorant. The story goes, translators know the story goes on, but he began, he was only able to initially sweep clean. Mm. So the Buddha gave Chudapantaka the uh, job of sweeping the temples and cleaning up the temples. Uh, so in, uh, in, in this cleaning that he was doing, uh, he was um, dispelling his misconceptions and actually utilizing the cleaning uh, as a ritual to meditate with, or a ritual, a ritual to use with meditation. To dispel his misconceptions. Oh, so, and if one has a large amount of uh, attachment, there's a story of Junggoa. Maybe one of uh, um, uh, Buddha's children who had a large amount of attachment, and uh, there's the stories of uh, um, him overcoming that attachment. Um, so uh, whether um, it's uh, um, uh, large amounts of misdeeds or attachment or, um, uh, or or ignorance, all of these things can be overcome. Then ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、
Um, so either one means the same thing. So the imprints of the afflictions have been removed, and those are also called obstructions to omniscience. So those have been removed. Therefore, the Buddha's mind precise, uh, sees precisely all objects of knowledge, because that which impedes one from doing so has been removed. Uh, Rinpoche was saying that some scholars are able to, who say, I, uh, I, whose body was formed by ten million virtues, whose speech uh, fulfills the hopes of limitless beings, um, uh, they, whose mind sees precisely all objects of knowledge. Then a sonka, the, the tu, the tamche chamba. Okay, so it's all, many scholars also say that it was formed by 10 million perfect virtues. Uh, they would say that the body, the speech, and the mind was, you know, that it's not exclusive to the body um, the, that was formed by the 10 million perfect virtues, that the speech and the, the mind also was formed. So one could say that that first line could say whose body, speech, and mind uh, was fulfilled, you know, uh, formed by 10 million virtues, and then uh, each... The, the quality of the speech and mind added to it. So there's a way that uh, one could um, say that, that all those are formed by 10 million perfect virtues, body, speech, and mind. There's another way you can uh, look at it. What that is, So uh, that's all we're going to go over uh, today about uh, the prologue. So today we've gone over a small part of the uh, expression of of worship. Uh, so this is something uh, we aren't in any rush to do. Uh, this is something that uh, we will slowly go through um, and slowly go over. Um, so what we understand, uh, what I understand I can explain and anything that I don't I have a commentary that will help me explain it. Uh, so this is uh, um, uh, something that we can just read. I remember when I was um, younger, it wasn't something I could really understand when I would read it. Um, and this is something that we can just read. 
So everything about the text is um, together. The, the words are written eloquently, um, and all of the information that needs to be contained in there are in there. Uh, so this is, uh, uh, yes. So if we can um, uh, understand what's in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment by Lama Tsongkhapa, uh, then we'll be able to, uh, because it's all abbreviated within it, we'll be able to go back to any of the Indian works we would like to. Uh, we could look at the works of Asanga and Basubandhu, um, and Dharmakirti, and look at the works of Aryana Garjana, uh, um, and uh, um, Arya Deva, and Chandrakirti, um, and, and uh, all of the other Indian pandits, um, uh, Buddha Palita, etc. So we'll be able to, uh, if we understand the information contained in this text, go back and understand the information of the Indian pandits. So, uh, does anyone have uh, any questions? I know uh, there might be uh, beginner beginners here. If anybody has any basic questions, there aren't any that are too basic. Please feel free to ask them. Can I just look at the book for one minute? I want to write down. I want to try to. Yeah, write absolutely. Oh, there are three have, volumes. Okay. Three uh, volumes. Yeah, this, this is, is the first one. volume. Okay. Yes. Um, the two different words for speech. Yes. What are they? Uh, not. Uh, in speech, uh, normal speech is nga, the rimache kongi chua, the puik, the nga, the sanje nga lagamare. Sanje la nga la nga yores. Yene nga yi. Ale. Nga. Nga speech. Yi taut speech. Yene nga tsu nga sanje nga tsi kakare. In Tibetan, our speech is Nga, and, and the Buddhist speech is Sung. Uh, you don't say, uh, uh, <coughs> there's an honorific language um, within Tibetan uh, that is used, uh, <coughs> there are different words that we don't necessarily have. Uh, we don't use two different words, but they have an honorific language. So if they said the Buddhist speech or Jeff's speech, they wouldn't use the same word for speech. Um, and, and this is the case. Uh, or body or mind. Uh, this is low, and uh, for me, and and uh, Buddha is go. My mind is sem. There's is two. So. When I first got here, uh, Jeff didn't understand any Tibetan, and I didn't understand any English. Uh, so then uh, I would uh, um, ask a question and he would answer it in English and he would ask a question and I would answer it in Tibetan um, and we would go back and forth and try and figure out how we were supposed to say each other's languages 
and and talk with one another. It's I've studied and learned. I I don't feel I he said that I become a scholar, which just isn't true. <laughs> How long did it take yeah. you to learn the language? Um, I would say, as you can see, my conversational isn't uh, um, because I don't use it all the time. It's I wouldn't say I've learned it yet. So I, I've been working on it for I don't know ten years or something, eight to ten years. Uh, but the philosophical Tibetan and conversational Tibetan is really different. Yes. Um, so when we get into literal terminology, I have it memorized and know it, but when we start to have to talk about the weather, I have mm -hmm. more trouble with things like that. So, uh, you know, stories and things like that I have a harder time with, and I really like to be as literal as I can. Uh, so that's why you see the dialogue back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, it's not because, it's just because I want to get it as clean and pure as possible. And it's not possible to do word for word literal, but I want to make sure that the it's as exact as I possibly can get it. Mm -hmm. Any questions for uh, Rinpoche? Any more? Oh, yeah, you might. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, please. Please ask if, if yeah. your yeah. Rinpoche is here. So. It's just kind of curious, like, as a lay person, just somebody who comes to this who understands so little. Yes. Is it, is it going to be a great benefit or a very little benefit to just do such little effort or... Do you have to devote yourself like a monk mm -hmm. to get great benefit? Okay. The Tanda Kon Genye, Genye Dumbo Yomar, Genye, the Kondrapa Yomari, then Drapa Mayin, then they Kandre Lobjong, Pentogdu, Gangasina Kongi Tsampa, Drapa Mayin, Pentog Chunchun, Yanlan Shena, the Drapa Gu, the Golong Getsu Gu. Gangensina the Kongi Tsampa, the Natsu Leka Leka Cheku, Kamba Yagu, the the Mambugu, then uh Nyalan Chena Pentodu. Jesus Jedu na Jedu Vayina, Javaji woman sitting. So, depending on the individual, it's not necessary uh, to become ordained. There's many examples throughout history of lay practitioners who uh, achieve the, the same goals. Um, there's the uh, Milarepa um, is an example of a practitioner who was a lay person who achieved Buddhahood in that lifetime. Marpa, his teacher, was a lay person who was married. Drone Tompa, who took the Atisha from lineage, was Atisha, the lineage from Atisha, uh, who went from Atisha to Drone Tom, was a lay person. Uh, the Shambhala king, who's responsible for the Kala Chakra lineage, is a lay person. And Indraputra, uh, also a lay person. Uh, so many examples of, of lay practitioners, householders, who've achieved incredible realizations up to Buddhahood. Um, uh, so 
So that's that, then it? What the social center of the US or Tamana and Rubo was sent to what the Jeva Yina, and then Tajima Benedict, Tajuk Nobazanje, send your name again, Tajuk Manajale. So it's really about what the mind is going to do. Because everyone's mind is in the nature of clear light and not stained by nature, everyone has the same opportunity. So if somebody doesn't point their mind towards practicing uh, or motivate their mind towards practice, it doesn't matter if he or she is a monk or not. Uh, if he or she, uh, monk or nun, if it's she. Uh, if in, in this case, he, if you were a monk and not uh, practicing... Um, and, and not engaging the mind correctly, then being a monk wouldn't be of any benefit whatsoever. So it's really about what we do with our minds. And, and can you get there in your mind without <clears throat> understanding this? Just from seeking within yourself? The Lobjong Machena, the Dopa Yongrebe, the Kongitsampa, the Natsu Nanla, Chikshena, the Tomba Ni Hako Udu Nanla. Then they look at my china, the Doni Dobi Shirak Yongre, the Dopa Yongre. That never allowed it to so much on the Chandos and Latin. No good to move to the cheese on to the antibody, yes, on to the antibody, Kazi just on to the antibody, Kazi to do that. Not so many rising to treating yours, the Motatan Dubaina, Shawan the Jitilis and Mazumota Gavandos. No tenaji in this head. There are those very special beings who have the ability um, uh, to realize things very easily. Uh, we find that even uh, we all have some sort, uh, when we talk about engaging in ethical behavior, um, uh, there, uh, we already naturally do certain ethical things. Um, for instance, when we're driving a car, uh, uh, you, a deer runs out in front. Uh, we don't. We try to stop it to save the animal's life to not run over deer. So there are. Uh, if we look at the preliminary things that we study in the book, uh, in, in uh, not the book because there isn't the book, but in this book in particular, or any book in, on Buddhism, any of the preliminary teachings of, of Buddhism will find uh, the first the subjects of refuge and then uh, uh, abandonment of the ten non-virtuous activities. And, and one can, uh, um, uh, even in their, his or her daily life, find times where you're about to say something you shouldn't, have some sort of harsh words you shouldn't say, and you stop it. So right there, you've stopped one of the non-virtues, and you wouldn't have necessarily known these, you know, by name. But the more information that we have about change, about moving towards um, um, uh, specific realizations, the more likely we are to have them. So, for instance, uh, um, uh, the more information that we have 
about emptiness. I, I was asking, I gave Rinpoche some examples too, so he could comment on, like, uh, realize emptiness. Could you do that without studying? Uh, is one of the goal. You know, gave him some examples, and he said, really, um, there are those special beings who who are able to realize things very easily, but there are uh, those of us who need to rely upon information, need to rely upon analysis, and then need to use signs and reasoning to kind of create this incontrovertible understanding of the things we're trying to realize in order to realize them. So relying upon the information and correct signs to analyze them to realize them. So, uh, um, like yeah. found, you're, you're providing a foundation, you're providing a framework, you're providing a thought process. Right. In order to make this happen. Um, I know I've been listening to tapes and I've been listening to a professor at uh, Boston College and he's uh, Eastern religion. Mm -hmm. he's, he's teaching that. Many different variations and styles, you know, mm. and I think it's very interesting. Um, as far as the basic Four Noble Truths, can you briefly give me some information on that? Boston <laughs> Chu Lobjung Chegadu, then the Dudu, the Dembaje Dondagare. Dembaje did it, Kualuki, Jutan Devini, Dunga Deva de Devaji, Gunu Deva de Juris, Kual Ju Jutanaji Dembaji, Lesser Gudenis, Lesser, what each and the Jamotis. That Dunga Devasanangasu Chi, Dunga Kai, Dunga Nai, Dunga Chi, Dunga, what to Dunga Devatis, Tangasu Gabio Matis. So, uh, the Four Noble Truths are as follows. The Buddhas uh, will name them the truth of suffering, the truth of origin, the truth of cessation, and the truth of path. Um, first of all, uh, the, the truth of suffering, um, uh, Buddha was, uh, when Buddha stated the truth of suffering, Buddha was referring to uh, unwanted suffering, so unpleasant experiences, uh, unwanted uh, experiences. So referring to such sufferings as birth, aging, sickness, um, and death. Um, so when Buddha stated suffering, he was referring to just that, suffering. Um, then when Buddha stated origin, the Buddha was referring to the cause of that first noble truth, the cause of that suffering. And origin refers to karma and afflictions. Uh, karma and afflictions are what cause suffering. So uh, that is what Buddha re was referring to when he you know, said truth of origin. He was referring to the origin of the suffering or the cause of the suffering. Uh, so this uh, is the first cause and effect relationship within the Four Noble Truths. The truth of suffering and the truth of origin uh, is a cause and effect relationship and this cause and effect, and effect relationship shows how one is bound to cyclic existence. So how one is kept in samsara, how one is kept in cyclic existence. Uh, the next two noble truths, <coughs> the truth of cessation and the truth of path, have a cause and effect relationship as well. The path is what creates the opportunity for a cessation, so a, uh, through reliance upon or through this path 
then the cessation can be created. So these two truths show how one can be unbound or freed from cyclic existence. So that cause and effect relationship shows how one undoes or un <coughs> uh, becomes unbound or comes free from cyclic existence. Okay. So the mm -hmm. first two truths show how one is kept in cyclic existence, mm -hmm. uh, the suffering and the origin of suffering. Um, and then the next two truths show how one is freed from cyclic existence, the cessation and path. Okay. Um, so And suffering refers to the unwanted unpleasantries we have to experience. <coughs> um, because uh, of being human or because uh, of... Just because, because of being... Mm -hmm. in cyclic existence. Okay. Um, the qualifying factor for the first two noble truths is that one is in cyclic existence. Because if there are afflictions, <coughs> there is necessarily cyclic existence. Okay. So if the afflictions are present, there is necessarily cyclic existence. And that's why origin is two categories, karma and afflictions. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Thank okay. You. Yeah. And every Sunday, Rinpoche is teaching the Four Noble Truths, by the way. <coughs> oh, yes. uh, at okay. 10 o'clock a.m., okay. uh, Rinpoche has been doing that for a year or so, too, maybe even longer. Mm -hmm. um, but he's going over a really in-depth analysis of those four truths. Mm -hmm. And he goes back over what he already covered every class mm -hmm. and then begins where we left off. So anytime you pop in, you wouldn't be missing a part or mm -hmm. need a piece of the puzzle because Rinpoche goes over the entire path all the way up to where we are, okay. every single class. So mm -hmm. please come on Sundays at 10. There's an enormous amount of information there too. It's tough in an hour and a half or so to do an introduction <coughs> and get all the information in there. In 10 years, I don't, all the information that I have, I don't think is enough to give a complete overview introduction to Buddhism. So, yes. you know, uh, in the um, ten o'clock, how we long did the does best that we last? Could. Two hours. Two hours. Okay. Yes. Can uh, you announce the new course. Yes. Can you give the dates? Just because I'm um, starting next Thursday, the sixteenth. Mm -hmm. Every and every two weeks, Rinpoche will be coming to Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, on Thursdays. On Thursdays um, for four visits. So it will be the, the date subsequent to the 16th, and that will be, what, 7.30? At <coughs> Channing Unitarian Church in Newport. And Rinpoche so, is going to be teaching the eight verses for training the mind by uh, Langritamba. It's a mind training text in eight verses, and uh, it's just a really, really wonderful teaching. Um, I, I know it's kind of far, but it'd be great if folks could come out. Um, and it is, it's a four series teaching every other week on Thursdays. The Rhode Island Lojung Sikima. So, uh, thank you very much for coming, and we'll do the concluding prayers. Beginning with the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this Buddha land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this mandala to you, precious Guru.
I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse it three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, the source of all happiness and help for beings is Tenzin Yatso, Chen Rezigan person. May his life be secure for hundreds of Kalpas. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, a polar of scriptural and realizational doctrines, a spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.